Wait, your ex-girlfriend is in the workshed? Part of her. It's complicated. Maybe I shouldn't go there. Well, if you don't want to talk about it... She got possessed. I cut her head off with a shovel. Then she did this crazy dance in the moonlight. I put her head in a vise and I cut it with a chainsaw. She did have a rockin' bod, though. you primitive screwheads listen up hey deadites welcome to our podcast i'm jason and i'm richard and i'm chris and this is the evil dead cast episode 12 and before we start today i just want to say thanks so much to ray santiago who came on last time with me and chris and uh, i thought he was amazing it was fantastic it was so much fun talking to that guy yeah he had a lot to say like we could have just shut up and let him talk pretty much yeah, he's he's clearly really excited to be on this show and and uh you know, he just he seems to get a lot as much out of it as as we do, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I think it, that was cool. It's you know? a big deal for him. Yeah. Did you hear it yet, awesome. Rich? No, I haven't had a chance uh you got, was, did he give any uh did he give you any info about next season? You know what? He said a couple of things that kind of hinted at things, and I didn't really want to dwell on it because I always get nervous when I interview them, and I feel like maybe they're giving out a little more than they should, and I don't want to be the one who like they gets quoted in the news articles. You don't want to be the one to get the takedown notice. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But not really. I mean... No, yeah. you know so i don't want to go after like oh what's gonna happen next because i want to see it i don't want to learn about it ahead of time but he did right. give a few things sure. that gave some hints yeah well he was <laughs> he was really fun to talk to though so i if anyone hasn't listened to that i say jump back an episode and yeah. make sure you don't skip that one because it's yeah. really good it's fun yeah because i noticed sometimes when we do interviews they actually get less downloads which is uh i was totally surprised by that but uh anyway yeah check it out Really? Hmm. All right. With that said, let's move into our Deadcast Top 3. It's Top 3 Highlights for Season 1, Episode 8, Ashes to Ashes. Richard, what'd you think? Holy crap! <laughs> what happened? <laughs> My God, what a great episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it went... It, it was kind of slow. I know that uh, some people are saying it was kind of slow-paced and all, and it was, but... If you're if you like Evil Dead, it had everything you wanted in it. I mean, so we've watched like continuations of all these different uh you know fantasies like Aliens and Terminator and Star Trek and 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 X-Men Star and whatever Wars. else, but this Star Wars, yeah, <laughs> and this continuation on the Evil Dead canon and series is just so it's just better. It's better than all those other ones. I can't explain why. <laughs> I I I hang on every scene, every word, how does the past fit into what I'm seeing? You know, I think that uh, well, probably a big part of it is, number one, I know the movies well, so there's this huge foundation to draw from, right? And number two, they pay attention to the details and incorporate so much of from the films, and they've really straight, stayed on the straight and narrow with, uh, with this whole idea of the Evil Dead world. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because the two movies that they're drawing from don't even necessarily match up, but they somehow have used stuff from both of those. And you can tell, yeah, they've paid really close attention to get it right. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think even maybe Bruce Campbell, uh, 
is drawing a little bit from maybe some of the comic books too in, in how he's portraying Ash because I can see a little bit of that in there too. Like what? You know, they're just re, they're reimagining. They, well, they, no, they haven't reimagined really any of the characters or anything that happened in the movies. They're just they're keeping it real. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the show is... The show is awesome at doing that. Kudos to the directors and the staff and everybody else and the writers too, mm-hmm. because they keep it so, so straight with, uh, with everything in this fantasy world. It's awesome. I have no complaints at all. <laughs> uh, you mentioned <laughs> <Clearly> that <not>. <laughs> people were saying it was slow. Did you see that online or something? Yeah, I was reading a few comments on, on uh, IMDb. They were saying, well, I mean, they all agreed too. It was a great episode, but I think maybe if you didn't know about the show or the movies or the you know the whole world you'd probably think it was a little boring huh. especially the first 15 minutes or so actually i saw i saw some of the same comment commentary out there some people thought this was it, some people thought it bore, borrowed too much from the movies like it, it was too similar or there was just too much nostalgia or something like that and they didn't like it i did see a few negative reviews of this one but for me i thought it was great i mean it had a little bit of everything um you know, nostalgia for the old stuff, but there was good gore. There was good sort of emotional scenes mm-hmm. and there was more torment for Ash, I think, yes. than in any other episode. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that was really great, yeah. really handled well. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, I, the first movies, the movies were so fast paced. I've said before with just messed up thing after messed up thing happening in quick succession and the pace of this more followed what we've seen in the rest of the show where there's more contemplative moments but yep. uh I, I didn't care i thought it was freaking great <laughs> i yeah, totally loved too. it it was awesome i thought it, it yeah just like you said chris it totally it recaptured stuff from the movies but it, it had some new things and uh yeah, I, I'm loving yeah, it. Yeah, it it took you back, right? Yeah. Like it it definitely felt like the uh, the good old days, sort of, you know, for lack the of a bad better old term, days. but or the bad <laughs> old days, <laughs> the evil old days. Um, yeah. But it had uh, it did have some new stuff, mm-hmm. and it incorporated well at least one of the new characters pretty well. And so I yeah. have no complaints about this episode. And if you're gonna, you know, this series has done a great job of bringing a lot of new things to evil dead. But if you're going to have a lot of returning of elements from the movies, this is going to be the episode to do it when he goes back to the cabin. Of course. The the setting is perfect for it. Right. (laughs) And I think they brought back some, uh, some stuff from the, from evil dead three, the army of darkness, even though, you know, it's not supposed to be part of the situation here because uh, with the, with the two ashes. Yeah. That reminded me of that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was an evil dead three. Yeah. Well, see, they can do that as long as they don't officially do that <laughs> the yeah. way it's going, right? They yeah. can they can be influenced yeah. by it, but apparently they don't own the rights to that movie, so. Yeah, it's kind of tricky to know what's fair and what's not fair, but it seems fair to me that Ash's possessed hand, severed hand would grow a new Ash. Sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Starting with the eyeball. <laughs> All right. R- Anything can happen. Rich, what's your number? Trace. Oh, uh, number three was, uh, was, um, I'm going to say Amanda dying. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I, that surprised me. I have to be honest. I mean, I think I knew someone was going to get it, but I didn't expect her. I thought it was going to be either Kelly or Pablo, to be honest with you. So that whole thing there, I was like, Oh my God, mm. I can't <laughs> believe what he just saw. In fact, I was so surprised when it happened. I didn't hear, uh, 
what Ash said, which the second time I watched it after he after he cleaved her, he said, uh, <laughs> now that's what I call cleavage. <laughs> yeah. I didn't catch that until the second time I watched it because I was so surprised the first time. This is a pretty good line. Yeah. And that was yeah. great because it was funny, but it wasn't uh, too goofy. It more, and he said something after that, she uh, fell onto the deer antlers and he said oh what are the odds and uh it was funny as hell but it was done in such a creepy way that it was more like something jack nicholson would say in the shining you know oh yeah it's like scary scary creepy asshole thing to say (laughs) i think amanda dying though when i think about it is is the one that we should have expected we should have known yeah we should have known yeah. like she's you know P- pablo is is the sidekick he's going to i figure he's going to stick around for a while and he's got sort of unfinished feelings for kelly so she's important to him right for mm-hmm. that storyline and amanda she was with ruby but not anymore so she kind of joined the group and it's almost like her storyline wrapped up a little bit mm-hmm. she was hunting ash she started to fall for him and that's when he loses her right yeah and sort of should have seen it coming and also because i think they kind of rushed into them having feelings for each other that should have been a clue oh let's make amanda important to ash right before we kill her off yeah yeah (laughs) if we've learned anything from tv they do that kind of thing all the time yeah Totally. You know, I agree with both of you. I think that now looking at it in retrospect, you know, it totally makes sense. Yeah. And everything that we've seen up to this point, they even foreshadowed it a little bit in this episode when they were in the woods and uh, Kelly was talking with one of the hikers and she wanted to kind of save Pablo for herself. What did she say? She said, oh, he's got a girlfriend or something like yeah. that. You know, so she wouldn't be interested in him. Yeah, that was that so, that was mean. That was cruel of her. I thought like yeah. Pablo's about to get some action, and she's like, uh, "Nope, I know. not gonna happen." Totally. Even though she, nope. you know, has always said, "No, you know, you're just friends. You know, don't nothing between us." But I hate to sound like a bitter male, but so typical. God, cock <laughs> <laughs> blocked him. Yeah, and it, you know, totally. <laughs> it just shows she's like, "Well, I'm not sure. I want him for myself, but." Until I figure it out, I'm not going to let anybody else have him. You know, maybe that will be the um, stimulation or whatever for her to realize that she's got some interest in him. She'll come around. She'll come <laughs> around. They're going to eventually, they'll draw it out. They'll, it'll take for a long time, but eventually they'll get together. I mean, it does show that she has some interest in him or else she wouldn't have done that. I don't think. The only other reason why she would do that is if she thinks this girl's no good for Pablo. But I think it's because she just isn't quite ready to just let him go to somebody else. Cause yeah. She, she, yeah. Just in case she might want him. And, and you know what's going to happen? Sorry, Pablo yeah. somehow, if this goes the way it does on TV, Pablo's going to find out she did that and then be pissed. <laughs> yeah, possibly. <laughs> I mean, you know? yeah. I think... For one thing, those hikers are dead meat, right? Yeah. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> well, they're just there for to they're just there to be deadite fodder. That's all. You'd think if they never appear again, it'd be like, what the? Why, why did they show up? Well, the hikers and their interaction with Pablo and Kelly are is my number three actually because I didn't really, other than that scene where uh, she cock blocks them, I didn't really get the point of them. It seemed like they just showed up. And then disappeared. And I'm like, are we ever going to see them again? Mm. Are they, if we do, they're just going to be killed off. I mean, that's the assumption. It felt, it felt weird to even have them in the episode at all for me. And I, I didn't really get the they point of it. They helped them find the cabin. Well, they did, but 
did you need that? Like, Not really, I think maybe I they could have they could have found the cabin on their own. Mm-hmm. I actually would have been happy if Pablo and Kelly weren't even in this episode, or or maybe not until the very end. Well, what if they do? I mean, I I think they're going to show up again later, and would that help you if they showed up later? Uh, it would, I guess, if if they have some importance, yeah. some bigger importance to it. You know, and that could be just to be killed off. I mean, if they're killed off in an awesome way, then I'll, I think I'll be satisfied. They will but, be. Uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> they probably will be. But if they never show up again, I'm, I'm going to wonder what was the point. I think they yeah. could have, oh, yeah. they could have gotten Pablo and Kelly to the cabin some other way, or even they just wander around and find it. Like that seems yeah. to be how Amanda got there. For so, sure. you know, it can't be that far away. Well, I liked that them showing Pablo and Kelly wandering around in the creepy woods. And then when they met these guys, even though everybody's friendly because of the setting, it was kind of fraught with tension, which is cool. And then I loved when uh, he said, Oh, these guns are for evil uh, bears. And then the girl goes, (laughs) bears are a menace or whatever. (laughs) Evil bears. Yeah. (laughs) But Kelly gave him, she rolled his eyes at him too. When he said they're for evil. I thought that was pretty pretty funny. (laughs) Bears are a menace, Uh, but they got their guns pointed right at him. I, I also thought that the girl that liked Pablo was incredibly hot. And, uh, it was it was neat to see that chemistry between the two of them, even though it was just for a, a second. Um, I agree with you, Chris, yeah. but I think if they come back, it, then it'll be cool to see them as deadites later. But yeah. uh, if they don't, then it would be like, oh, yeah, why did they even bother? I also like that they had New Zealand accents. I'm sure they just hired some New Zealand local New Zealand actors, but it makes sense that these yeah. hikers would be just traveling from New Zealand. I think actually they're supposed to be Australian, but uh, okay. that, that girl, close enough, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> don't, don't say that to a, an Australian or a New Zealand. That, yeah. <laughs> um, that girl was played by Samara Weaving, who is either the daughter or the niece of Hugo Weaving, the oh, wow. uh, agent, what's his name? Oh, from really? Agents Matrix. Yeah. 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 So Elrond. she's Lord Elrond. Yeah, that's right. She's, uh, you know, she's been acting. Not for a long time, but she's been in a few other things. So she was hot. They were both hot. Yeah, they were. It's another reason they're going to become deadites because they're hot. <laughs> Everybody in this show is hot, pretty much. That's true. Right? There's not a bad-looking one in the bunch. In the bunch until they turn into deadites. Well, There's then everybody like, gets oh, ugly. Oh God, <laughs> they get ugly fast. <laughs> but if you're doing one of them from behind, it's still okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, now you're thinking like Ash, all right. Okay, well, my number three that I was so thrilled about is that the episode was scary and people are afraid again. I especially like that Ash is freaked out by stuff. I've been wanting that. The dead bird coming to life in his hand was the first thing. He's like, ah. And then when he sees the cabin, he has this look of anxiety on his face and then determination. And then Amanda, she was scared. Like she seemed a little low key about it all at first. Like I, I especially like when she just went right over to the cellar because we're all like, uh, don't go near that. So it's still freaky. But then when she was left by herself and she saw those deer antlers, she was scared. So that was cool. Yeah. I love the whole, the whole opening there where they, where he first comes up to the cabin. Yeah. And he got the sunlight coming in from the side and everything looks just like it did 30 years ago. That was cool. I Uh think I even said to myself, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I went back and looked at 
Evil Dead one, I think, and the front shot of the cabin. And yeah, it's really, really the same with the work shed off to the left and everything. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, Amanda puts the Necronomicon on the desk and then uh, I guess the leg gives out and the desk falls. But then the book, it takes a, a beat for the book to fall on the floor. So that reminds me of how in Evil Dead that reality isn't quite the way you feel like it should be. And I really like that. And then there was like the random piano plucking when Amanda was walking down the hall. And then you see that mouse scramble across the keys. So just really good, scary moodiness and freaky things happening. And that, uh, when they walk up to the cabin, the swinging bench is like bumping against the door. Yeah. yeah. A lot of really it good, creepy, creepy stuff. Yeah. And I think, you know, Ash has said a lot that, these are scary, but this is the first time I felt that he was actually afraid in this show. Right. And it, and I felt more like I was watching a horror movie this time, kind of like, oh, shit, what's going to happen? Yeah. I, especially with the Amanda stuff, I thought while mm-hmm. she was walking around um, the the cabin, I, I did think she kind of flipped flopped back and forth a little bit. A little like bit, she was, yeah. as you said, she was a bit nonchalant about the the chained uh, trap door in the floor. But then when she was left alone, she was really afraid. Um, and then we get into some of the ro- more romantic type, type stuff with Evil Ash. But um, but it, it was definitely when it was scary, it was mm-hmm. done really well and it was scary. And I, I mean, this episode, I thought, did a great yeah. job of going back and forth in tone the way this show does. And sometimes it's a little clumsy, but this time I thought it was done really well. Yeah, even, even though they kind of redid the same joke of you know now is not the time and the place ash for this sort of thing mm-hmm. but it did it it worked pretty well for me i mean we got like i said off the top we got a little bit of everything in this episode and they did a good job with it yeah that was my number two also was actually how creepy it was and part of that a big part of that for me was the, how they were focusing on the on the mind you know how this place gets into your head mm-hmm. and you hear things and you see things mm-hmm. that you shouldn't you know, you watch the movies, and, and that happens in the movies, too, yeah. but they don't really focus on it. It's something in the background that you have to kind of discover for yourself. But here, they're kind of pushing it up front, putting it in your face, and it, and it really does. You know, so when things like when Ash hears the voices in the forest or when he sees the skull come to life in the in the workshed and it's his old girlfriend, Linda, mm-hmm. it kind of it makes it even that much more creepy. It kind of freaks yeah. you out a little bit. That makes me wonder if uh, Kelly's mom will, you know, she'll have flashes on that or something. You know, those guys will get into yeah. their head next time. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I hope so. Well, the only other thing that I thought that I wrote down here is when Amanda saw Ash's fake grody hand or fake Ash's evil hand as he was putting the moves on her. <laughs> that uh, gets very confusing. Fake yeah. Ash's evil hand. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know. But, you know, she looks over and sees yeah, this yeah. maggot ridden <laughs> hand on her shoulder brushing her hair. That was creepy as hell. It was great. <laughs> oh, can you imagine if if someone you were that close to suddenly I raised know. up their hand and it was stroking your face and it was all dead and full of maggots? And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, you're like, come what on. <laughs> and I think she she was funny. She's like, uh, there's there's something wrong with that, you know? Yeah, <laughs> hey, what the fuck? Pretty good. Before that happened, I I I just thought Ash got out. I think I just thought he got out of the work shed and. He just was having a tender moment. I wasn't really suspecting anything. I was more focused on, oh, come on. They're already like all lovey-dovey and they just met. 
Well, but that's what they do a little bit. I mean, they've they've established that Ash is into her and yeah. they've established that she's sort kind of, of into, into him, him yeah. kind of. So he comes back after being in the shed and he deci- and he's changed his mind. He said, it's time. Let's, let's just get out of here. I don't think we can we can do this. Let's just run. I've been running for 30 years and it's worked so far. And so I was with you. I didn't suspect anything. Right. I thought he just got out and they were they were going to go on their merry way. And he was being kind of a coward, I thought. So that makes sense for him. Oh, uh, it does. Yeah, a little bit. I totally I it didn't it didn't fool me. I was like, as soon as he said, let's get out of here. I was like, that's not really? him. <laughs> that's not what Ash would say. But plus, I, I, I was keeping in mind, too, that they were taking some stuff from Evil Dead 3 where he. Right. You know, in a much more campier fashion, he fights himself yeah. in the windmill there. I mean, I guess I think we were supposed to f- be tipped off by the fact that we saw the arm in inside the wall and the eyeball open in it right but the first time i watched it i didn't really make the connection that something was growing out of the head no i just was like holy cow that's weird yeah i just (laughs) thought that's weird gross and (laughs) creepy but i didn't make the connection that it was growing a new body (laughs) but i think that was the idea that we were supposed to sort of know that something was coming out of there and so when ash walks in we at least suspect that maybe it's not the the real ash because he's locked in the shed Great use of the hand, by the way. I I think that I didn't see that coming, and it was cool to grow another ash, and then to get chopped up by Amanda was interesting, and it makes me wonder if we're done with it now or or what. What, Yeah, that's true. What do you think? I think think we're probably done with it. She cut it into three pieces, and all the fingers are off, so unless it can reattach itself or something, I think we're probably done, and that's okay with me. I mean, the hand served its purpose, and it was awesome, and we can probably move on. Exactly. Otherwise, we're going to have a hand crawling around after them <laughs> for seasons and seasons. And that'll be <laughs> strange. <laughs> the hand becomes a character. The hand is the main character, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. You never know. Like, uh, yeah. What was that other show that had a hand? Adam? What was it? Adam's Family? Yeah. Thing. Oh, that's yeah, right. We need another Adam's Family now. <laughs> that's right. All right. Chris, what's your number two? My number two is probably a quick one, but um, it's the scene where. Um, Amanda walks in and she sees the notebook open on the desk there and we hear the voiceover I think of Ruby's father and it's 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 what he's written in the book I guess and it, it tells a little bit about the knife mm-hmm. that Ruby has that was hidden in her car and we hear him say that it was carved from human bone and that when placed upon the Necronomicon it sears the bindings flesh so I want to know what you guys think about that. To me, it sounds like this knife is used to destroy the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and the knife needs to get in contact with the book and it'll sear it or burn it or something like that. And that's the, going to be the key to to ending all of this. So um, because Ruby has it, I always sort of thought that knife was something she wanted to use uh, to get back at Ash with. But maybe she really is trying to come after the book to to end all this. But uh, yeah. we'll find out. But I want to—I was wondering if you guys picked up on that, or if you had any other thoughts. Yeah, I picked up on it, but I didn't think about it that much. That's, those are good thoughts. Well, <laughs> I think you know. I was thinking maybe, uh, maybe instead of uh, coming to destroy the book, I'm more of the party that believes uh, Ruby's maybe the protector of the book, and so she has the knife so oh. nobody else can destroy yeah, the book. Yeah, I think they're. Uh, who knows, right? We don't know. And that's awesome. But p- listeners have been speculating that uh, Ruby is is one of these dark ones that they mentioned early on in the story. 
that yep. created the book. Yeah. And uh, I think they're trying to keep us off balance. So there's a chance that right now they're going, well, people are going to be wondering exactly what you just said, Chris, that maybe she's going to destroy the book. And then we'll see a scene in the last episode where she brings the knife over to the book and then doesn't destroy it. Ha ha ha. You know, well, if she destroys the book, then, you know, isn't that kind of the end? Oh, she may still try, though. I mean, she may still try. But I mean, how great is it? I mean, I'm just thinking about this again now. But how great is it that this they've they they haven't really been afraid to seed in things like this into the, the episodes? You know, we got three, two or three episodes ago, we got the information that Ash has to go back to the cabin. And so we kind of knew that was coming and it hasn't ruined anything. It's been Mm -hmm. actually really awesome, I think. To anticipate it. To anticipate it, right? And other shows don't do that as much. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can sometimes predict where they're going, but they don't really tell you straight out, here's what's going to happen because that's just not the way they do it. But so we got that and now we have this information about the, the knife you know, uh, being dangerous to the book or whatever. And, uh, I think that's really cool. Actually, they're, they're giving us all this information, but it's, and it's just enough to be, and to make us anticipate something. Um, but not yeah. enough to make it like sort of anticlimactic when we get there. So yeah, I think they're doing a great job writing this whole thing actually. <laughs> and then on top of that, the episodes are only 30 minutes long. So you just get these little bits, mm-hmm. you know, of, of this big, long movie, so to speak, like 30 minutes at a time. And you're, you're, you're left with wanting more every time. That's the key to a performance of almost anything. Leave the audience wanting more. Mm-hmm. And they've done that pretty well here. Yeah. yeah. And they're huge cliffhangers. It's like, oh, my God, what's going to happen next? I can't wait to binge watch it when it comes out on Netflix, you know? <laughs> yeah. Straight through. That'd be cool. Yeah. Don't. Leave the audience wanting less is not a good uh, way to go about it. <laughs> it's never, never good. No. <laughs> so uh, I guess in that vein, I'll move on to the next point. So um, no. <laughs> uh, my number two is returning elements, which we've kind of talked about, but I had a few more. Uh, when that swinging bench hit the side of the cabin as he walked up, I think it did the exact same thing when they first got there in evil dead one. So that was a throwback. The sunlight went away really fast at some point, kind of like time-lapse style that was done in evil dead. Uh, when, when Ash looks at the cellar door and he sees a flash of a deadite coming up out of it. Remember that? Yep. Uh, I looked back and that was from evil dead one, that little scene, uh, Uh, when it was the actual scene, right? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Same exact okay. scene, yeah. I was wondering if maybe that was going to be a, you know, just a scene from the next episode or something, but no, it was taken out of the movie. And then when Amanda said, we need a crowbar or something to get into the cellar, Ash says, there's probably one out in the work shed. I and probably a thousand other Evil Dead fans were like, he said work shed. <laughs> work shed, yeah. Work shed, he said it. <laughs> Even if it just casually dropped in a sentence. Uh, I love seeing the tape recorder, and I liked that instead of playing Professor Nobi reciting the Kendarian verses, it just went like that. Yeah, it was like it was yeah. a sl- ultra slow motion playback. Yeah, sort of like it had been sound. sitting there for 30 years and was barely working. Yeah, But we did hear Professor Nobi later when she was looking at the notes. Yep. Um, the hand, of course, great use of the hand. 
And when the saw blades were flinging at Ash in the work shed and then the bear trap was biting at him, that just totally reminded me of stuff that happened in the movies a lot where inanimate objects would come to life and torture him. So that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And the way they filmed it, too, it was it was just like from the movies. You know, there's probably some guy on the other side of that bear trap pushing it in his face. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't CGI. Yeah. The only thing missing no. is the buckets of blood, but I'm sure that'll come next time. I'm, yeah. I'm sure we'll get buckets of blood, uh-huh. but I always, it's fun watching Ash be attacked by inanimate objects, yeah. uh, you know, and it's, it's kind of ridiculous, but it's, it's also hilarious. Yeah. And the way he reacts to it all works really mm-hmm. well. And then the thing ripped off his new robo hand, which bummed me out. I hope that's not it for that oh, thing. Yeah. I, I hope he gets that back. But I love it. He's like, that was a gift. Yeah. <laughs> that was a gift. Yeah. Damn you. Pissed off. <laughs> I felt the same yeah. way. Oh. Not me. I was like, yes, get rid of that stupid thing. Oh, come on. Oh, I like I that thing. <laughs> and it was a gift. It's meaningful to him. Yeah. That was sweet. All right. right. Uh, Richard, number one. Number one. I, I kind of jumped the gun. My number one was my little soapbox there at the beginning about how I love what they're doing with the series and where they're going with it and also actually you know what was missing from this episode was ruby which kind of intrigued me about her even more it's like okay so she didn't show up yet i know she's probably a day behind because of because I, you know she's trying to catch yeah. up with them but what's her role what is her role i mean i still haven't figured it out we've touched on it a little bit but i don't know man this this show is so cool anything can happen she is she good is she evil you know, for a long time, I thought uh, Amanda was going to take the place of Kelly and Pablo, but then now she's gone. And what's what's her role? Is she going to come back next season as a as one of those you know deadite uh, demons that shows up every other episode or show? Yeah, I think she'll be back as a deadite next episode. Yeah, probably. So I like I like all these uh, cliffhangers, and, this, and the big one too. The two ashes fighting at the end with their you know they both got each other yeah. in a stranglehold and they both say at the same time time for you to die it's like damn it what's gonna happen <laughs> did you got were you guys able to keep straight which ash was which in that scene like if i i think i was until no the yeah very end, until the end when they're um, when Good they're strangling point. each other because they both had they both had their uh their stumps bloodied yeah so yeah. they're both their so, stumps are bloodied they both have the same cuts on their face yep. and you know they did that on purpose here's how it went um evil ash said you don't deserve her, Ash. I know because I'm just like you. And then Ash goes, then that means you've got to trick me. <laughs> that evil yeah. Ash goes, oh, my trick me. And then he says, sore kidneys, pop. And then regular Ash says, fake teeth. And then right there, I lost track. But the next one was bum shoulder. And one of the Ashes throws the piano into the other one. Soft balls. Softballs. I think. I think. Um, I think. Good Ash said softballs. Okay. He was the one on the ground. That would make sense. And then. And then I'm pretty sure it was Good Ash whose head went out the window. That would make sense. But then. Yeah. But then when he pulled them back in and they were strangling yeah. each other, that's when I'm like, well, I don't know anymore. Yeah. But they both said <laughs> no, yeah, to die you, you at can't. the same time. Exactly. The camera was spinning. They were spinning. They, you know, they did yeah. that on purpose. They totally did it on purpose. They don't want us to know who's who. And I, I, I just figure we're going to get one of those typical scenes yeah. at the beginning of the next episode. Kelly of and Pablo. Pablo and Kelly yeah. there. Who do we shoot? And they're trying to convince each yeah. other of who's the real Ash. So, totally. But you know it'll be done in a clever, hilarious yeah. way. So I look <laughs> exactly. forward to it. As far as, Rich, about uh, Ruby, 
I, it, when you were talking, it made me realize, well, the pattern is for them to go to a new location each episode and then, and then Ruby shows up at the previous location. But since we're going to be in the same location next episode, if she shows up, then she'll be there with them. So maybe that's what will happen. Yeah. Here's what I'm wondering though. Yeah. She, she had the hand, which was leading her to, um, to Ash. She doesn't have the hand anymore, so she doesn't have that compass. Right. So is she, so is she going to be able to follow the trail? Uh, that easily maybe that's why she's delayed by a couple of episodes if she is i figure if she gets her way to makes her way to the militia guys they'll be able to say yeah they were here and they went that way Mm -hmm. or maybe i mean she probably knows where the cabin is too so maybe you know she would just try it out yeah does she know does she know for a fact that they were going to the cabin no but she she knows they're on the road and maybe they're going in that general direction Right. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it would be a good place to, Maybe, to look, I, yeah. I figure, but. Uh, she might, yeah. She might just be privy to that information. I mean, if for one, if she's connected with mm-hmm. the evil, yeah. she would know because whenever they talk, they always say we. So they all kind of know. Yeah, that's everything true. Everything about everyone. Um, that is true. That's sort of my number one, actually, how, how organized the evil seems to be in this episode. Um, yeah. It felt like they almost had a they i mean the evil i mean i guess that's what it is it felt like it had a plan sort of because to me ash was being you know held in the shed uh by linda's head like he was stuck there while um evil ash was killing amanda and i almost felt like that was that was purposeful sort of like i ash was totally being tormented you know uh, the head was saying things like you can't save her and everyone you loves, love dies. Yeah. Um, the, no woman will ever want you. You're going to be alone forever. We'll make sure of that. So she was totally taunting him or, or pressuring him with that sort of thing. And meanwhile, Amanda's being the woman he's starting to love, I guess, is being killed in the cabin. And then evil Ash before Amanda dies says to her, we knew, who you were the first time we saw you, we knew you were going to try to help Ash. So mm-hmm. I felt like this was all orchestrated very well by the evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they separated them, yeah. they killed one, and yeah, it was um it was it felt like they had a plan for some reason. And then the other thing is I thought it was such a great idea for the evil to use the hand to create another evil ash it's kind of like fight fire with fire right the best person to kill ash would be another ash <laughs> and you can't trust them necessarily but i was about that thing about they knew amanda i mean but on the other hand they did sort of single her out to torture her so maybe they did know that yeah. she was going to do that they kind of pushed her yeah. into I it mean, really the oldest trick in the book man Kind of, but divide and conquer. Yeah, divide and conquer, but they don't want, I mean, if they know she's sort of effective at this, they don't need Ash to have any extra help because he's already a pretty uh, formidable foe as it is. So they separate him, they manage to kill her, and they create another Ash that will be pretty good at fighting Ash. As as we talked about, they, they know each other's weaknesses really well. So uh, yeah, I just thought the evil was remarkably well organized in this episode and it doesn't always feel that way but it it is this time (laughs) who doesn't who doesn't have soft balls though (laughs) that's like yeah it was an affliction (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. So. I, they're extra. Oh, they're rock hard, baby. <laughs> they're extra soft. I, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. Even softer than normal. <laughs> um, okay. My number one, we already kind of talked about, but I want to touch on it again because I think it's really important. Amanda died, and she's a main character. And I like that, even though I like her, and I think Jill Marie Jones is incredibly gorgeous, that uh, they're stakes again. And it was gruesome with him burying the axe in her shoulder and then she gets impaled. And it was also, um, the tone was serious, you know? They didn't just, it wasn't this kind of a gag death. It was, it even prompted Ash to have a moment of vulnerability. And he said, oh baby, I'm so sorry. This is all my fault. It's better where you're going. That yeah. felt really sincere yeah. and, and touching for a second, you know, and then uh, it even it raised the stakes to have a serious moment. But I'm glad that they ended it with the Three Stooges brawl and not on that moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm true. glad she didn't survive because, you know, that would have been ridiculous. So even though I'll miss her, um, I'll hopefully get to see her as a deadite next weekend. But then after that, miss her. I'm glad that they fulfilled one of my wishes for the season which was to kill off a main character <laughs> yeah and in, in true evil dead style too she doesn't just die like she uh, she yeah. she's alive impaled on that suffering antler yeah. for for a long time suffering and then even at the last moment she doesn't just die like she chokes up blood mm-hmm. and and suffocates yeah. on it like it was it was really Dramatic. brutal yeah, and all the while the evil is being evil, you know, over there Cracks, making their smart ass yeah. comments. Oh, that's that's just how your partner felt. Yeah, you know? that's pretty mean. Yeah, evil. And being I evil. like that too. Like we, I feel like we need more of that. W- one thing I love about the deadites in the movies is they just taunt you all the time. We need more taunting from the deadites in this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they love doing that. that. Would, They're bastards. That would piss me okay. off. Okay. You know, you don't really see Ash get too pissed off. I wonder if he's going to, like, lose it in one of these episodes. He always seems to be pretty calm. He got freaked out this time, though. Yeah, he got freaked out, but I'm talking about, you know, going into a rage. Angry. Because if I was constantly being taunted like that, I would just lose it. And then I'd probably end up dead. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> when you get careless or reckless, and then you end yeah, up aren't dead. Aren't you a teacher? Uh, (laughs) better watch out yeah but i'm the one that i'm the one that's doing the taunting oh okay that's good you figured it out turned it around don't lose it on your students that doesn't go well for teachers (laughs) yeah (laughs) never work harder than your students that's a book interesting so what are some good lines my favorite line was when evil ash is taunting her and he looks at his stump hand and says, oh, look at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb, but I thought I yeah. laughed out loud at it's that pretty one. pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Did you have any, Rich? Uh, I, I forgot to write them down. That's I, uh, all right. I, just... I, I like the one. I liked it when Amanda and Ash were talking in the cabin and she's like, well, if you don't want to talk about it. And then he immediately starts talking right. about it. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, well, I have a few. So he says, last time I was here, I was with a girl and I was hoping to get laid. Didn't quite work out that way. I did cut off my own hand with a chainsaw, though. It was a fun weekend. It was a fun weekend. <laughs> or yeah. um, I love this one. She got possessed. I cut her head off with a shovel. Then she did this crazy dance in the moonlight. I put her head in a vice and I cut it with a chainsaw. 
She did have a rockin' bob, though. (laughs) (laughs) We gotta throw that in. Yeah, he remembers the important stuff. (laughs) Do you have the one that he said out in the front of the cabin about something about taxes and death? And I don't pay taxes. (laughs) I didn't even catch that. That was a good one. That's good. And then I like that Linda said he promised she'd take her to Jacksonville. Little call back there. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. I caught that. I laughed at that one. Yeah, Lin- Linda's head had the pretty vulgar lines yeah. too, which I don't like know if I'm better repeat, that way. But that was pretty good. <laughs> you can skull fuck me, stuff like that. That kind of thing, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, we didn't see the evil cam effect, which is interesting considering everything else. But I bet you we'll see it next time. Yeah. Um. The I thought when they were splitting up so he could go get the crowbar. That was typical horror movie stuff. Bad idea. Uh, when Pablo said, if you got a pee, you should just, I, I could swear he said, pop a squat. That's but what he said. I thought it yeah, was, he did. I thought it was cop a squat. No, pop a squat. Is that what it is? Okay. Well, no, I mean, yeah, I thought what, that was the Pablo. saying cop a squat. Oh, no, I I don't know. Actually, I've, okay. I've never, never really heard, heard either one. But Maybe that's no, a I've US never heard that. thing. Could be. <laughs> Could be. Uh, what else? Uh, we I th- call it, in, in Canada, we call it a piss sauvage, which sauvage is French for wild. So piss in the wild. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Piss sauvage. Piss sauvage. <laughs> that's right. I thought it was funny that Ash couldn't get that flimsy door open, even with a crowbar, but I think that was just because of the evil. The evil was holding it closed. That's mm-hmm. what I thought. Yeah. And again, then he could the evil was over. organized. They were keeping him in there so that there was enough time to kill Amanda in the in the cabin. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Good point. that's how I see it. <laughs> then they let him out. And I'm glad we're, my last note here is that we're getting at least two episodes, maybe three. And I think that would be just fine in the cabin. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I don't think they're going anywhere at this point. Mm-hmm. We're going to get next week more cabin stuff. And if Ruby doesn't show up, she's definitely showing up in the last yeah, one. Yeah, or maybe at the end of gonna, next week, huh? Maybe at the end, yeah. that's true. Because they're going to go down in the cellar, show. right? That was the whole point of getting the crowbar. I bet you that's where they're yeah. going next week. Well, they want they, the idea is to bury it. They need to bury it below the cabin, right. so they have to go down there and dig a hole, I guess. <laughs> that's right. Okay, so they got yeah. one episode in the cellar, and then the last episode is going to be the battle in and around the cabin. Yeah, the big battle. That's what's <laughs> yeah, going to yeah. happen with Ruby. Anything else? No, nope, the only thing that... Uh, bugged me about this is right at the beginning when Ash was standing on the porch and he hears footsteps behind him. Amanda just walks up, sneaks up behind him. She doesn't say, uh, hey, Ash, it's me. But, you know, what are you going to do? I can't worry about that too much. That's a it's horror, horror movie. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Did anybody else laugh when at the very beginning he, he picked up that poor little swallow, that poor little yes. bird. Yes. He was like, oh, nothing survives. And then he threw it against them. <laughs> and it just explodes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I love that. I thought that was, it was funny for good. some reason. I liked it because it freaked him out so much when he came back to life. <gasps> yeah. yeah it, but all those dead birds, it was a nice touch, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I, even before he, he threw it and it freaked him out, I was just like, oh, look at all the, the, the death, death around here. Nothing lives, right? Everything's yeah. dead on the ground and rotting. It's a good good touch. <laughs> All right. On that note, we'll take a little break. There's more to come. Stay with us. Little cabin in the wood. Little man by the window stood. Saw a rabbit hopping by, knocking at the 
Groovy. All right, that sound means it is time for news about Evil Dead, and there's a few items this week. Uh, the first one is Patricia Sheridan. She's from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, interviewed Bruce Campbell recently. And there's a couple of good quotes that came out of the, uh, the interview. She asked him if there was any trepidation about doing Evil Dead on TV, and he said, you always want to please the fans, you know, but here's the truth of it. TV is the only way these particular fans can really get what they want. If we did another movie, they would see it once. If it was in a movie theater, you couldn't show what we are showing now. It would have to be R-rated. Stars as a TV format gives them the raw dynamite that they need. No filtered words or actions or sex or violence. But we're not going to abuse that. We don't need to kill babies every episode. <laughs> so, you know, they're 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 pretty happy to be on TV it sounds like. And uh and again, again, I think that's an interesting point about doing a movie. Sure they could do a movie that was great and people would like, but then it's done and they move on and people would just probably start asking for another yeah. movie. So, yeah, I would. Yeah, totally. <laughs> this is Evil Dead yeah. 5, man. Come on. Come on. Let's do it. So a TV show is a good ongoing yeah, sort of We get a thing sequel for, every week. For us fans, that's Plus right. They, ha they have so much material, they can, they can slow it down and take their time with it on a TV show. Totally. Um, and then another quote from the interview, she asked him about why he decided to write some books. Because uh, uh, Bruce Campbell's written two books. But he said, to tell a story that was not told. You look at all the movie books, they are all famous. But how many guys get to that level? There are a lot of people who just grind it out. They do B-movies, they do cable. I wrote the book to tell the story of people who don't make that much money. You don't always get the good reviews. So uh, or, uh, Bruce Campbell's two books are called If Chins Could Kill, Confessions of a B-Movie Actor. And then the second one was Make Love, The Bruce Campbell Way. Um, I've read both of them, actually. And uh, If Chins Could Kill is, is a really great read. It's just his sort of memoir, sort of, about being a B-movie actor. And there's a lot of interesting and funny stuff in there. And then the other one, in Make Love, The Bruce Campbell Way, is sort of a guide to love and dating that's m more just a fictional comedy type thing. And I didn't like it quite as much, but it was uh, it was still a fun read. So, I, have you guys read either one? I read uh, "If Chins Could Kill" like when it came out, like a long time ago. What was it, ten, twelve years ago? Yeah, at, so well, at least that long, maybe longer. It, but yeah, I remember. I remember him talking about how he grew up in Michigan with his with his friends, and I think he said that he used to baby, babysit Sam Raimi's brother, and so they all, you know, they were all pretty <laughs> close knit. Yeah, well, they were in school together and stuff like that, but it was a good a good look at his early life and what what got him into movies and acting and stuff like that. So I recommend them. I say go check them out. Jason, you haven't read either, eh? No, I haven't, but I'm curious. You should. Sure. Yeah, they're they're fun. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, so says Bruce Campbell, the millionaire. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. At this point, I guess. But hey, what are you gonna do? <laughs> um. So. A little more about uh, Ray Santiago. So as we said off the top, you know, we interviewed him last week and you should go check that out. But um, Ilana Rapp at the Huffington Post also spoke to him recently and she goes through a lot of stuff. Um, one of the things, though, is she asked him to describe a typical day of shooting, which I thought was cool. And he goes into a lot of detail, uh, Ray does. But I think the most surprising thing that he said was, most of our sets are located indoors in a warehouse we have converted and made into our own soundstage. And I thought that was a little bit surprising because 
they could have fooled me. Yeah. It looks to me like they're actually on like location most of the time. Like they found, yeah, you know, like Pablo's uncle's house seemed like a location and all the diners and things like that seem like real places. And the cabin I imagine is probably a set, but I was a little surprised to hear that most of it's shot in a warehouse. So I don't know. I don't know if you guys had a different feeling. I'm guessing the outdoor actually, scenes are outdoor though, right? Yeah. Well, like I, I actually I guess. thought the Mostly. whole cabin thing was outdoor. Yeah. I think, I wouldn't. I would be shocked if it if it wasn't. But there are a lot of indoor scenes. Well, uh, there are for so. sure. But uh, I don't know. It, it felt to me like even the indoor stuff, like in the diner and in uh, like if they actually found that that place where Pablo's uncle lived, I would have thought maybe they shot it in there. But I don't know. Maybe maybe mm-hmm. not. But it's an interesting read, anyways, about him getting yeah. up at like four thirty in the morning and going to set and doing his makeup and hair, and then they rehearse for a while before they shoot. So um, we'll post the link if you want to go and check that out. He has a few other cool. uh, bits of funny information in there. Um, she asks about his mustache, and he says, "Yes, this is a real mustache. The stash is real, and my uh, my eyebrows are so thick, I basically have three mustaches on my face." <laughs> that's what he meant he said that i have three mustaches and we kind of glossed over oh it, did he I, I didn't know what he meant I, by that i didn't yeah. even pick up on that he goes on to say my friends think my mustache is dope and some say it reminds them of prince they all joke and say my look is like a modern puerto rican kramer meets prince the ladies love it mm-hmm. but my mom secretly hates it <laughs> and then uh, puerto rican kramer that's funny yeah it's it's kind of what he is um, and then just about his family, uh, which we didn't really get into in our interview, but he said, I come from a large, passionate, hardworking family in which almost everybody is named Ray. There are many Rays in my family. My dad's name is Ray. My brother's name is Lil Ray. And my name is Ray Ray. My my aunt married a guy named Ray. My His son is Ray. I also have a niece named Chelsea Ray and a cousin named Raven. I'm not kidding. When someone yells Ray at a family gathering, half the room responds. <laughs> So it's wow. thought it was just sort of a funny little bit about him. So it's funny because with him, it sa- it seemed like he he wanted to like he, he's like, I want to prove myself as as a strong actor and, you know, represent the Latino community and, and be a badass. But he's also aware of the sort of comical effect that Pablo has. And he even was kind of self-deprecating about himself sometimes during the interview. So, oh, yeah. It was funny. He he knows what he's doing here, right? Like it's yeah. It's, yeah. It, he he and he does it really well. So yeah. Um, yeah. Last item in the news is more Sam Raimi related, but uh, we talked briefly last week about um, Xena being rebooted, and uh, that is actually happening. And they've hired a writer. So Sam Raimi and Rob Tappert are producing this for NBC. And the writer, and I think it sounds like showrunner they've hired, is a guy whose name I'm going to mispronounce horribly, but it's Javier Grillo Marksuach or something like that. And he's a guy that wrote for Lost and The 100. So he's done some stuff. And uh, he's going to be running the new, or at least writing the new Xena show. The other thing is Lucy Lawless at this point is not involved in this show. So it's going to really be... Uh, at least different in that respect. I don't know if it's a reboot or continuation or whatever, but she's not. She's not coming on board. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I read that things. she didn't. She didn't want to play some supporting role in that. Yeah, exactly. And I, I can see that. So I mean, that might be sort of something she sees kind of in her past, right? So, 
Maybe. Um, yeah. But this guy who's doing the showrunner said, let me give you the an itty bitty peek at the store, a story by telling you a few words you won't be hearing from me. Grim, gritty, dire, depressing. What I want to do is make something that is both fresh and new, but that is also respectful and evocative of that feeling of fun and, and adventure that was so perfect in the original. I believe I heard it referenced to somewhere as the power, the passion, the danger, which I think means something to Xena fans, but I never really saw the show, so I'm not so sure. <laughs> um, but uh, but that's it. Well, the original, it wasn't depressing. No. By the way, that's what I like about the Evil Dead series is that it's not fresh and new. There's no reimagination of anything. It's just like it was when yeah. it started in 1981. Yeah. 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 They've done a good job with that. Yeah. That's what Ray Santiago said. They, he said they didn't get some cheesy, hot 24 year old Ash. <laughs> <laughs> no, they did that in the movie remake, yeah. sort of, right? <laughs> kind of, sort of. I still got to see that movie. Yeah. I haven't yet. Uh, and that's it for the news. All right. Awesome. Sweet. Let's move on to listener feedback. Rich. Why don't you go first? All right. Listener responses. First one is from Brian Campbell. Love this series so far. The episode brought some needed gravitas to the proceedings. Wasn't buying into the Fisher-Ash relationship, but I've been willing to overlook it knowing that someone had to be sacrificed soon. The relationship with Ash, beyond a romp in the ladies' room, does not end well. <laughs> also, <laughs> it took me a few minutes to even buy into the fact that Fisher wasn't a deadite when she just showed up at the cabin. Good point. I could see that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just there to fool him. Appeared behind her like that. Yeah. Him, I mean. Uh, go ahead, Chris. Sure. Scott Costello says, I loved it as always. Nine stars. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Vandewall, you counted those. I did. I had to count them. I was counting them while, while uh, Rich was reading the last one because I'm like, I'm impressed. Oh, maybe I better know how many stars that is. <laughs> star, 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 star. <laughs> Jeff Vandewall says, thought it was a good episode. Matthew Rep, shit just got real. It sure did. It's a good summary. <laughs> Michael Harding says, absolutely brilliant. Steve Brown says, sorry to see that last night. It does show what Jason has said. No one is safe. That's true. And there yeah. are stakes. It's, it's a great thing. Bernard Schaefer, uh, that can't be the end for Amanda's character. It just can't. Jill Marie Jones is credited 10 episodes on Internet Movie Database. Fingers crossed. Jill Marie Jones' line in episode 10 is, I'll swallow your soul. Yeah, I bet yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Uh, and Amy Hewitt says, another great show this week, Ash vs. Evil Dead, does, does just keep getting better. Can't wait to hear your reactions to this one. And then it we really got does. a bunch of emails this time, so... I'll start. Grippy Bob Dabalino says, what What did I think of Ash to Ashes? Funny you should ask, Jason. He wrote that because I forgot to ask what people thought. But anyways, <laughs> um, they recreated the cabin perfectly. I'm sure that unless people read up on it, they would not even know or notice that that particular cabin burned down. I didn't know that. Uh, love the little touches. Also, it's probably not in uh, New Zealand either. Love the little touches, shotgun hole in the door when they walk in, the chain basement door, the boarded up window, the tool shed. Did you notice the hikers had New Zealand accents? Yep. Yeah. When it happened, I actually dropped my job because it is the cabin. The stakes are real and consequences could happen. All someone could die. I rewatched season one up to now. and It's my prediction that Ruby is a dark one, neither human nor demon. And that in ep nine or 10, Pablo and Kelly will kiss. I could see that happening. Right on, Grippy Bob. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. Oh, yeah. 
All right, from Scott Pike. The title Ashes to Ashes makes sense now. Look at the horror and creepy fear familiar to Evil Dead 2 is back. Uh, that was one point lacking in Army of Darkness and most of the episodes since the first. Everything felt too safe for Ash and his friends. Now we've lost a main character that we thought was going to be with them for a while. It feels dangerous again. If we count the evil Ash from Army of Darkness, and I do since it was my first movie in this series and will always be canon, this makes the third appearance of an evil Ash clone. Evil Dead 2, we had a mirror hallucination of an evil Ash. Oh, yeah. Army of Darkness, a small mirror clone was swallowed by Ash and grew out of him into separate being. And now his old possessed evil hand grew a new evil Ash, which ironically got chopped off again and then chopped into bits, so it couldn't do it again. Good for you, Amanda. At least it won't be stabbing anyone in the back this time. Other than you, that is. All in all, I give this episode a 10 out of 10 chainsaws. 10 out of 10. <laughs> nice. a pretty good review. Yeah. All right. Next one is from Christian Stacy. Dear Jason, Richard, and Chris, I'm a huge, I'm an international listener from Adelaide, South Australia, and just wanted to say that I am a huge fan of the show and your podcast. Unfortunately, episode eight, Ashes to Ashes, was probably my least favorite to date. I just watched Star Wars The Force Awakens today with my son and really loved it. A real breath, I gotta be careful here, a real breath of fresh air for (laughs) Star Wars fans. I would love to hear your thoughts on this, even though it's a little off topic. Thanks for taking the time to do the podcast. I look forward to it every week and enjoy it almost as much as the show. I can't believe the little Ewoks all died. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, that's the... <gasps> what? <laughs> you bastard. No. <laughs> uh, so Chris and I have seen it. Richard hasn't. We don't aim to spoil anybody, so don't worry. You don't have to turn us off. No, but, there will be no Star Wars spoilers <laughs> here. I would I would feel terrible if we did that to somebody. Yeah, totally. And but I, uh, to. I, we just, I just spent an hour and a half reviewing that on Walking Deadcast with Karen and Mr. Blog and David. So if you guys want to hear that, that should be out pretty soon, if not already. Um, but in general, I love, love, loved certain aspects of it. I also had some pretty big problems with other aspects of it. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited to listen to your review now. I loved, loved, loved most of it. And any problems I had with it, I felt were pretty minor, actually. So uh, just uh, in case anyone wants to hear more from me, we're going to be talking about it on our next episode of the Talking Dead podcast, too, which we'll be recording tomorrow night. So nice. Wow. Yeah. Cool. We can't okay, wait, not I have... talk about it. No. <laughs> yeah. There's... How can you not? I, I have a question for you, too, though. Are you both like super big fans of Star Wars? Oh, God, yes. Yeah, huge. I mean, I went through a, f- a time there where I was pretty disappointed with the whole thing, with the prequels and so on, but I've put that behind me, and I am back on board. All right, cool. I have three replica lightsabers here, one that looks exactly like one that's featured in this film, and right when it was on the screen, I just leaned over and handed mine to Nico who's sitting next to me. He got this big smile on his face. (laughs) I ask because now I know I can take your review seriously. (laughs) Well, let me tell you this. Uh, I think Chris is in the majority and I, I, um, the things that bothered me seem to have not bothered most people. And I don't think they would bother you rich. Cause I know you pretty well. So um, I would just take what I say with a grain of salt. This is my own personal reaction to it, but I think most people um, had, you know, just loved it pretty much unconditionally. And I didn't feel that cool. way, but I, 
I think he did it proud, J.J. Abrams, and I can't wait to see the next movie. I can't wait to see this one again, actually. I'm definitely going to go back. I already again. saw it twice. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I was hoping to make time this weekend to do that, but just I, I just couldn't make it happen. But I saw it with my wife, and so I think we'll pro- I'll probably take uh, my one or both of my kids to it, or if not, just go by myself, because I really want to see it again. I'm really excited for the next one in a year and a half. And the problems I had with this one, I just felt were minor, and they didn't really factor in too much. So, yeah, I, I really loved it. When are you going to go see it, Rich? I'm hoping tonight, if I can if I can pull it off. All right, we got to finish up. Yeah, so you got to get to the movie, man. <laughs> Who, who's next? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, I think, Jason. Okay. Chris Morton says, hey, guys. Well, I guess I was drunk when I emailed you about episode seven of Ash last week because I had no recollection of doing so until Monday, the 14th, my birthday, walking the dog, listening to the episode. As my name was mentioned, (laughs) I thought, oh, God, no. What the hell did I write? It wasn't so bad. I thought I may have just gone on about Lucy Lawless boobs. Rich had that covered. So (laughs) thanks for the birthday surprise. Well, you should thank yourself for that surprise. (laughs) Anyway, I've just finished the eighth episode of Asher Zealed and just wanted to offer some analysis, a few opinions and insightful thoughts about the episode. Fuck. Cheers, guys. Chris Morton from Still Cold Northern England. Is that a is that a uh, good go. fuck or a or a bad? Fuck? I think yeah. so. Yeah, I read it. It could yeah. be anything. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> All right, from uh, Adam F. Hello, boys. You seem pretty happy with the fact that the show will stay away from references to Evil Dead 3, Army of Darkness. As a fan of all Evil Dead films, even the 2013 remake, I would love some of that brought back. Cool. Always, or anyways, sorry. Even if the show can't mention events from Evil from Army of Darkness because of legal reasons, Evil Dead 2 still ended with Ash being sent back through time and ending up in the Middle Ages. So if they have to pretend Evil Dead 3 never happened, Ash did still have some kind of adventure into the Middle Ages, didn't he? Love your show, Adam. Yeah, and if it's in... That's right. The actual time travel is in that movie, so uh, mm-hmm. then that's that's something they can go with. Yeah, point. I, yes. I mean, I think what I've said is, yeah, I am kind of glad right now that they don't show that stuff because I like that they're focusing more on the basics. And but if they want to build up to it in season, say three, then I think that would be cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next one is from Rena Olave. Do do you guys ever kind of sort of wish you could watch four episodes in a row and pretend it's Evil Dead 4, <laughs> then another and pretend it's Evil Dead 5? <laughs> Granted, that might feel funky with the pacing, but something about 30 minutes at a time bugs me. I'd almost kind of like a half-size season with full-hour episodes. What do you guys think? Yeah, well, that's where Netflix is your best friend. It comes out and you can pretend as much as you want. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm actually really enjoying these little bite-sized morsels. Um, pos- part of that is just because it makes for the uh, more manageable podcasting experience, but I'm really enjoying it. But I, I do, yeah, maybe I'll go back and watch a few in a row and see how that is. I, I just think they've done a really good job with delivering entertaining episodes in 30-minute chunks. And it, it could be good if they were longer and if they were an hour and there was only five episodes, but... Um, I don't know. I, I don't think we've suffered because we've had uh, shorter ones and more of them. Um, so who knows? We'll have to we'll have to binge it when it does come mm-hmm. out on Netflix or something and see if it feels different. Yeah. 
Hoyt Jennings, this is about last week's episode. So, wow, the show has finally realized it's on non-basic cable and had a stunt butt slash boob appearance. Or is that really Lucy Lawless? I think that was really her. Either way. I think it was, too. Oh. Yeah, Rich, it Rich doesn't even want to think that. Don't destroy my dream. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> I'm not surprised she has turned out to be evil and very likely with more powers than even the Deadites. Fire can't hurt her, and it seems like she can explode just by falling into a campfire with Deadite Guatemalan in it. I'm betting that just like Elagash, she she's one ha- uh, one of the half demon half humans we learned about from the book. Yeah, maybe so. I'm starting to lean that way too. Yeah. And I think so. We got a one, two calls this week. Here's this is, oops, Idris from Orlando. Hey, Jason. This is Idris from Orlando. I know I'm a little late. I just missed your last episode, but you know I'm calling in about the Evil Dead podcast. Um, I just wanted to just comment on the series as a whole. I mean, I'm I'm loving it. I mean, I was introduced to um, the Evil Dead through. Um, Army of Darkness when I was like 10 or 11 and ever since I've, I've loved that movie and I didn't watch Evil Dead 2 and 1 until I was in high school through a friend who told me that there were more movies about it and I remember me and my friends we rented Evil Dead uh, 1 and 2 and we watched 2 first and we laughed our ass off so when we got ready to watch 1 we were like ready to, to laugh our asses off some more and lo and behold you should have seen our faces when we actually saw how serious Evil Dead one was compared to the other ones. I mean, we were just horrified. I fucked <laughs> up as far. But still, I've loved the franchise since then. I even watched the new remake horror. I liked it personally. I mean, it wasn't funny, but I thought it was really, you know, fucked up and all that. Yeah. The demon possession. <laughs> it just reminded me of Evil Dead one. So, I mean, I liked it. In the, as the, as a show, I'm fucking loving it. It's funny as shit. Ash, which, as anybody knows, his personality comes from, the, the darkness version because in Evil Dead 2 he hardly fucking talked so I, I, I love it <laughs> That's it, it true. reminds Good me point. of it has the horror of 2 it has the comedy of 3 and, and 2 and Ash's personality from 3 and I fucking love it man I love this show uh, and um, I'm just I'm gonna continue watching I hope it goes for many many more seasons and Richard if you love Lizzie Lawless so much which we see you need to watch Spartacus because you get to see her naked all the time. It's fucking awesome. She yeah. looks great. Oh, it's okay. She, I saw the little bits on the internet. Freaking 29-year-old. It's fucking awesome. I mean, it's just awesome. So I just wanted to shoot you guys a call. Uh, take care, and I will continue to listen. Wee. And uh, I'll follow your soul. <laughs> <laughs> nice. He calls into the dead cast a lot, so that was great. Walking that was cast. good. Cool. He was saying that, yeah, um, Bruce Campbell barely talks for long stretches uh, in the movie or one of the movies anyways. And I I remember Bruce saying at some point he uh, he'd be acting for days at a time without saying a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he felt yeah. like, is this really even acting? All I'm doing is like making faces and it's acting killing stuff. Oh, totally. Uh-huh. I think it's acting. Yeah. Yeah. Jason and I made a little video called The Chase. With our friend Eric Flint, and I don't think we said a word, did we? Only oh, maybe at the very at end. At the very end, yeah. Oh, that was... Where Where can we see this video, you guys? It's on YouTube. I'll, oh, I'll post the link. No. I'll post the link. Nice. It's We did it with our little, you know, a couple of little handy cams or whatever, because this was before digital. And uh, I don't know. Let us know what you think. I, I'll send you the link, Chris. Let us know what you think. 
Totally. I'm curious. Yeah. And, and be mindful that this was many years ago. Yeah, and we had no experience. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. And we were much better looking. And we're, we're lucky not to have been arrested for some of the segments in there. Well, I know what Jason looks like, and I can't believe he was any better looking than he is now. But Rich, yeah. Rich, I'll take your word what for it. What the hell, man? I got fat. Jason looks the same as he did in high school. Uh, I don't know. The wrinkles. Nice. Gray, gray beard. Okay, uh, next and final call is Tom from the Drunken Dark Podcast. Hey, this is Tom from the Drunken Dark Podcast. I had just finished listening to your episode of the Evil Dead cast, which I'm loving, by the way. And this was the episode you guys had talked about, the the killer of killers. And you were wondering why Lem was pointing to Ash's hand. Well, I, like Ash, come from the great state of Michigan, and there's a local custom where if we're trying to explain to somebody where in the state of Michigan you're trying to get to, well, you point to your right hand. What you saw there was uh, basically an example of the Michigan map. So I just wanted to clear that up for you guys and let you know that I'm really enjoying the cast and just want to say thanks a lot and have a great day. Oh, That's awesome. Well, that makes yeah. yeah, that makes good sense. Yeah, it looks like a hand, right? Michigan? Kind of? Oh, guess yeah. So. I guess kind of does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, man. Good to, good to get a little piece of information. Learn something new every day. That's so right. What if you lived in Florida? <laughs> what would you point Sicko. to? <laughs> oh, America's wang. What if you were a girl who lived in Florida? You couldn't give directions <laughs> yeah. to anybody. All right. You're out of luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that said, let's move on to next week on Ash vs. Evil Dead. Next week on Ash vs. Evil Dead, episode 109. <clears throat> Excuse me, Bound in the Flesh. Ash battles someone all too familiar. And later, here's a message from the Necronomicon. Hmm. Meanwhile, the deadite or the deadliest deadite attacks. Hmm. The deadliest, deadliest deadite. deadite. <laughs> huh. All too familiar. Who's that? I think it's Henrietta. <laughs> I keep wanting to see her again. Yeah. Although she probably got dismembered, so maybe not. Hmm. Yeah, shoot, it could be anyone. It could be himself. It could be... Oh, that's who it is, himself. He's, he's still fighting yeah, himself. that's yeah. who it is. Duh. Yeah. And then what was... He? Who's the deadliest deadite? That's that what I'm wondering. Ruby? Yeah, maybe that's Ruby. it going to be Amanda? It could be Amanda. Ruby? Amanda? Yeah. Yeah. Amanda would Damn make it. a specially Damn deadly deadite, I guess. Could be Pablo. Yeah, <laughs> it's not, not going to be Pablo. <laughs> well, he's the sweetest deadite. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. The nicest deadite. That is our show, episode 12. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to call us, you can call us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. And you can email us at groovy at podcastica.com. And, of course, you can find us on the web at facebook.com slash evildeadcast or at evildeadcast on Twitter. If you have a minute and you're so inclined, go on to facebook.com slash evildeadcast or at evildeadcast on Twitter and follow or like us because we don't have that many on there. We have way more listeners than we do have people on there. And I think when we do interviews, when we try to get interviews, it helps to have a little bit more of a presence on there. So if you want to follow us, that'd be awesome. If you don't feel like it, then please don't do it. Um, and also, please check out our other shows at pod, on the Podcastica network at podcastica.com. 
All right. That is our show. Thanks for listening. We'll swallow your soul.